That's how God wants it to be. God wants the body works. Amen. God wants the work to be done through his body, not just through the one man on the stage. And so we're raising up anointed men and women of God to take the gospel and to bring the light to the world. Look at somebody and tell them God is going to use you in a greater way than you could ever imagine. Amen. And so we just need to trust him. Trust his word and step out and you're going to see it. He's going to do it through you, through your hands, through your mouth, through your feet, through your wallet. I'm so excited about kingdom business. As I was praying, the Lord showed it to me. It was like established. Boom. It didn't even take time. It was like, bam. Shaka Zulu. It was just there. Right? And when you see what the Lord is doing or the Lord shows you what's already established, you see it with the eye of faith. You just grab it and step into it. Because it's already done. All you have to do is walk towards it. You got that? Look at the person next. You say, we don't walk by what we see. We don't let circumstances tell us how to live. We're not moved by our senses. We live by faith. And faith is what God says. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If he said it, then you've got a substance in you of faith. And when it doesn't look like it's happening around you, you just stand on what you know He said. Because when you hold the substance of faith and you speak to your mountain, look at somebody and say, you can't just stand there and talk about your mountain. you got to speak to the mountain. I love that God saw the chaos and He didn't leave chaos. He confronted chaos and He brought order. And what you have to do in your life with God is you have to go stand in front of your Goliath and say enough is enough. You have run your mouth, but it's now time for me to speak. And I don't come with you at you with sticks and stones. I come at you in the name of God. I come at you in the name of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Because you're not going to win a giant in the flesh, but you can take him down with Jesus at your side. Look at somebody and say, the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. When you get revelation, that is your sword. And you have to use your tongue as a two-edged sword to speak to that thing. If you don't speak to it, it ain't going nowhere. Enjoy it. What you tolerate will never change. And you have to get to the point where I've had enough. This will go on no longer. The enemy will not do this in my life. And you have to take a stand on the word. You have to look that giant in the eyes. You have to look at that chaos in the eyes. And you say, with God, this might, without God, this was impossible. But with God, it is possible. And your ugly head is coming down today. You got to go pick a fight with your enemy. Stop being a coward to that thing. It's just a big bully. U-G-L-Y. It has got no alibi. It's ugly. M-A-M-M-A. We know how you got that way. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro over all the earth. God's eyes are scanning the earth back and forth. What is he looking for? What are the eyes of the Lord looking for? He wants to show himself strong. 
on behalf of those whose hearts are fully devoted to Him. When you make a decision that you're going to be fully devoted to God, He shows up strong in your life. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. You know, when you spend time with the Lord, He puts things in you. He gives you new desires. Do you know that you are led by your desires? That's what leads your life. You say, well, how does the Holy Spirit lead me? He leads me through holy desires. He leads me through the desires of the Father. And a lot of people, because we're Christians, we're told to die all the time. You have to die to your selfish desires. When God starts putting things in there to bless you, you think that's a selfish motive. So you brush it off and say, no, those things have to die. But what if it's Holy Spirit breathed and it's God's desire to send you and your family on vacation, but you're saying, oh, no, that's just me. Just over the last few months, I realized how much the Lord loves my wife. He loves her more than I knew. I had, he had to help me. He had to take me and slap me around a little bit. Psh, psh, snap me out of myself and show me how much he loves my wife. I've told the story many times. I keep telling the story because it's good. I was having, I was throwing a fit one day with the Lord. It was recently too. Because I was watching money go out of our bank account in one direction. And I was like, Lord, what is she doing? And as a man, it's my responsibility to go to God and talk to him about it. Because I'm the leader of the home. I'm not supposed to just come down on my wife. I should be a man trusting the Lord for provision for our family. Instead of whining about it all the time. Ladies, you'll thank me later. Men, hate me now, love me later. But listen, when you are in fear, that's not the Lord. When you're afraid that you don't have enough, that's, that's a poverty mentality that's tied to a religious spirit and control. The Lord wants you to have abundance. He wants it to overflow out of your life. But the breakthrough happens in your brain before it happens in the natural and when you, get a, when you get a word from the Lord, and the Lord shows you something, and He breaks you out of your limitation, you get set free on the inside. What I'm sharing with you is how the Lord set me free from a limited level of thinking. The Lord over the years has broken me through levels of poverty in my mind. But you know what? There's always another level that you have to break through. Can I get an Amen. Look at somebody and tell him, there's a chokehold that you have to break through. You say, well, how do I know what my limit is? When you say that's too much, that's the next limit you got to break. Too much might be $20. To somebody else, too much might be $100. To somebody else, too much might be $10,000. Right now, too much for me is a million dollars. I want to break that level. Because a million dollars is nothing. What's your limit? What is your too much limit? You've got to break that limitation. You've got to break it in your head. Can I get an amen? 
And so I was whining. And I was telling the Lord, Lord, my wife's spending too much money. And I needed to hear from the Lord first before I went and rebuked her. I was hoping the Lord was going to side with me. And I was going to tell her, listen, I spoke to the Lord and he told me to tell you. Because if I go in my own strength, we're just going to have a fight. But if I have the word of the Lord on it, I've got something solid to stand on. Can I get an amen? I'm not going into a battle with my wife about money without a word from heaven. You lose your teeth, man. You, you, you lose your legs. You'd be crip. Hey, pastor, you got that new walk going on. Yeah, my wife did jujitsu on me because I told her to stop spending money. Listen, I didn't marry no weak woman, by the way. I got me a warrior chick. You know what I'm saying? I needed, I needed a lioness to go with a lion. You know what I'm talking about? I didn't need some weak woman, like, just, no. I wanted somebody bold and courageous that would look the devil in the eye right beside me and tell the devil, I'm taking your brains out today, buddy. You know what I'm talking about? I needed somebody, ah, kung fu fighter, and I got one. How many men have got kung fu, kung fu chicks? That's right. How many kung fu chicks do we have in the building? Shield maidens right up there with the Vikings just ready to take territory for the kingdom. Amen. So I was whining to the Lord. And the Lord rebuked me. I was not expecting that. I was expecting God on my side. And he said this to me. And I didn't know I could do this. He said, why don't you use your faith? Look at somebody and say, you have a measure of faith. He said, use your faith to believe me for the increase in resources to the standard your wife desires to live at. And then he proceeded to tell me, I am using your wife to break you out of your limited thinking. That did not go well with me. But it shut me up very quickly. My whining and my complaining went silent. Why? Because I got a revelation that I could use my faith to believe God for the next level of increase in our family's life. Look at the person next to you and say, when you get a word from the Lord, you get permission to move into what He promised. Amen? So that's what prayer is about. Prayer is you going to God to get corrected. You didn't get that. When you go to the Lord, the Lord wants to correct your attitudes. You should go to God and say, God, hey, Lord, what is in me that's not in alignment with what you have for me? And shift that out of me. If there's fear in me, God, break it out of me. But don't go to God with preconceived ideas. Go to the Lord and say, Lord, hey, there's things in my life that I can't see. Can you open my eyes to see the enemy working in me? And if I can see it, then I can get free from it. You can't overcome an enemy you can't see. And the enemy is sneaky. He comes, he comes deceptively. You can't see it. 
But when you recognize how he's working and operating in your life, you get breakthrough. Because the Lord reveals it to you. Can I get an amen? amen? And yes, there has to be balance in your finances. You can't just go spend money and say, my, my pastor said my husband will believe for the resource. No, that's the word the Lord gave me. You better get your own word before you do that. Just put this on record. Nobody left yet. I am clarifying my statement. The ladies walk out here, the pastor said. Mm. No, that's what he said to me. I'm telling you my breakthrough story. Janelle had a stroke and she told you her breakthrough story. They had a breakthrough moment. Why? Because God broke them through. This is what God's breaking me through. You got to go find what he needs to break you through. Are you with me? I didn't tell you that you could do what I just did. If you step out on my word, you're going to get hurt. Now, if the Lord brings revelation to you, then you can step out on the revelation that he gave you because you've got solid ground to stand on. Are you with me? Right now, you might need to deal with something back here before you get to where I'm walking. But I'm just telling you my story to help you get your attitude straight when it comes to you and God and your wife. Can I get an amen? Oh, my goodness. So I'm just going to share four things really quickly, and we shall be done. Amen? So this year, I already said this, New Year's, I believe, but I'm just going to say it again because it's a word that you need to hear. On September, let me get the date, I encourage you to get a journal for 2023. So that you can write down the things the Lord speaks to you personally. Look at the person next to you. Say, your Bible is the written Word of God. Say, the journal is the spoken Word of God. So if you'll read the written and you'll spend time with God, God will speak specific things to your life and then you need to write them down in your journal. And on the front page of your journal, you should write God's Word to me. This is where I keep record of what the Lord says to me. Can I get an amen? Why do I have this? Because when I go into prayer, this is my ammo book. This is my prayer book. I go before the Lord. You know, the Lord made me some promises. I didn't twist his arm. I didn't tell him he had to. I didn't go up there and do kung fu on God and get him down and say, okay, now you're going to make me promises, God. No. He loved me, and he had a plan before I was born, and there were things that he specifically designed me to do, and he gave me certain things, and he starts revealing those secrets to me. And when you discover what God has set aside for you, and you grab hold of them, you write them in your little book of jewels. This is my little treasure book. This is my book of wisdom. This is, as my wife would say, Nick's nuggets. These are the gold nuggets, baby, right here. And so anyway... On September the 6th, 2022, the Lord gave me a word for you. Now, this one you can grab, and this one you can live by. Can I get an amen? Say, this one's for me. The Lord showed me four things. The first thing that the Lord showed me was an east wind blowing. Everybody say, an east wind. And I'm going to read this to you. Exodus chapter 10, verses 13 through 14. So Moses raised his staff over Egypt. 
You would say staff. And the, and the Lord caused an east wind to blow over the land all that day and through the night. When morning arrived, the east wind had brought the locusts. And the locusts swarmed over the whole land of Egypt, say the world. Settling in dense swarms from one end of the country to the other. It was the worst locust plague in Egyptian history, and there has never been another one like it. And so what I want you to know is when the east wind blows, the enemy's camp is about to get destroyed. Look at the person next to you and say, the east wind is blowing, and the world is going to see things disappear. What does that mean? That means it's an opportunity for you to go out and preach the gospel. Because when people start losing their stuff, their whole world shake. Why? Because their lives are built on stuff. Their lives are built on things of the world. Your life is not built on stuff. Your life is built on a solid foundation, Jesus Christ. So when the world shakes, you're not shaken. Can I get an amen? So that means this is an opportunity for your light to shine in a dark place. Look at the person next to you. Say, the east wind is blowing. Uh, in the world, they're going to see some destruction. And it's an opportunity for me to bring hope to lost people. So God's going to give you lots of opportunities to share the gospel. Can I get an amen? Secondly, in Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 31, it says, As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up. And panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. This was now Israel coming out of Egypt and the Egyptian army went after the Israelites. And they, they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It is better for us to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, see here they're complaining. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. I think we need a t-shirt. Just stay calm. Verse 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff. Raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they will charge in after the Israelites my great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. Then the angel of the Lord, who had been leading the people of Israel, moved to the rear of the camp. And a pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. The cloud settled between the Egyptian and the Israelite camp. As darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire. Everybody say a fire tornado. Lighting up the night. But the Egyptians and the Israelites did not approach each other all night. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. 
Everybody say a strong east wind. The wind blew all night and turned the seedbed into a dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. And if you know the rest of the story, then morning came. The Egyptian army went into the Red Sea right after the Israelites. The Lord caused the angel of the, the, angel of the Lord came, broke their chariots, wheels, and ended up closing the waters on the Egyptian army and totally destroyed them. What is the Lord saying to you? Number one, there's going to be an opportunity for you to minister to people in the world. Number two, the Lord is opening up a way. Look at somebody and tell them the Lord is making a way where there seems to be no way. God is going to bring you out of slavery into freedom. Can I get an amen? Look at somebody and say American freedom is not biblical freedom. See, American freedom is I get to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, with no consequences. I just want to be free to do what I want to do, with no judgment. Freedom in the Bible was, I'm going to set you free from Pharaoh's hand being a slave to come serve me in the desert. This is about you shifting out of captivity and slavery to your sin, Thanking God for what He did to set you free from that pit, and then you go serve the Lord. Can I get an amen? Say, that's real freedom, where you're free to serve God, not yourself. You're actually getting set free from living to please yourself to living to please God. Can I get an amen? Look at the person next to you say, you got to die to some things. Like, what are the things you have to die to? Well, your attitude is one of them. Oh, this guy's going there. Absolutely. There's two things the Lord wants to do. The first thing the Lord wants to do is He wants to take you out of the sin that you practice. But then the second thing He wants to do is take the sin out of your mind. Are you with me? He wants to clean the outside. We want to clean the outside of the cup, absolutely. But we also got to clean the inside of the cup. It's one thing to come out of Egypt. It's another thing to live in Egypt every day because you remember what you went through. Carrying shame, guilt, fear, and all that stuff. God wants to break you out both on the outside and on the inside. So when you stand here, you're free to close your eyes, lift your hands, and step right into the presence of God. And when you come into God's presence, then the Lord begins to show you the things through the eyes of faith, what He has for your future. And then you write those things down. And now you start living by what God said instead of your circumstances. Are you with me? Say, this is the life of faith. We hear what God says, and we obey Him. We're here to do the will of God, amen? We're here to see His kingdom come, His will be done in the earth through us, His body. Everybody with me? All right. So number one, there's an east wind blowing. The Lord's going to give you opportunity to minister to people. Number two, the Lord's going to break you through some things that you've been struggling with your whole life that you felt you could never get free from. He's going to make a way out. The second thing that the Lord showed me was another picture. And this picture was a picture of an angel on a horse. Who's watched Zorro? Anybody watch Zorro? Well, I saw this angel on a horse. You know when the horses kick their legs up? This angel is like standing on this horse with his sword drawn, ready to go down a path into battle, right? 
But this angel, whenever you have an angel of God going before you, you know that you're not going into a battle to die. You're going in a battle to win. I'm here to tell you today that the Lord has got His angel armies going ahead of us into this battle so that we can be set free from the enemy that has held us captive. The woman with the issue of blood had an issue for 12 years. She spent all she had. She got no better. She actually got worse under the hands of the physicians. And she had no hope left to live. 12 years of trauma in her life. And Jesus set her free just because she touched the hem of his robe. One touch from heaven can set you free from 12 years of torment. Can I get an amen? You are in a season of breakthrough where no matter how long it has been that the enemy has held you captive, he has to let you go so you can worship God. Hallelujah. And so we're going into battle. God's got his angels going before us. I'm not going to read the whole scripture right now because I don't have time, but I'll do it when I get back. The third thing that the Lord showed me was he showed me darkness. It was a thick cloud of darkness. And he created a tunnel through the darkness so that I could see into the realm of glory. And this is what the Lord's going to do. There's going to be darkness around you, but you're going to see through the darkness. And God is going to give you wisdom and strategies on how to bring order. Look at the person next to you. Say, the Lord is going to give me the ability to see beyond the darkness. To see straight into the glory realm. To bring solutions to bring strategies from heaven to earth, to bring order. The Lord is going to do it in your home, and then He's going to do it through you in the community. Say, it starts in my house first. The Lord is going to bring order to your home, and then you're going to see the Lord bring order through your home to the world around you. See, God always starts with your house first. He starts with you, then He begins to work through your family, he brings your family into restoration, and then He works through your family. You cannot, as, as somebody wanting to serve the Lord and do great things for God, you cannot do it with a broken home. Because if you're fighting with your spouse, how are you ever going to do anything for God? So the first battle you have to deal with is the battle of division in your own household. If you can deal with that, that battle and you and your spouse can get on the same page and you can stand back to back instead of fighting one another, the same principles that you're learning at home, you can teach other people to have solid homes and solid lives. Are you with me? This is not about you doing miracles. This is about you bringing families and individuals into relationship with God so they can have order in their lives so that they can be successful. Most people want to get into ministry so they can have the power of God flow through them to do miracles. And that's not the primary purpose of ministry. The primary purpose of ministry is bringing people back into relationship with God. Everyone has been called to the ministry of reconciliation. Are you with me? But man always is looking for power because if he can have power, then he can be put on a pedestal. And if you think about ministry, ministry is laying down your life to serve somebody else. It's not about being seen. Whoo, we're cutting through motives this morning. You know what I love about our praise in here? It keeps the religious out. It's a firewall. If you can't handle the praise, you're not ready for the next level. But I remember the days when we started the church 
And I always had it in my heart to bring praise the way we do praise. But I was too afraid that we would lose money because people would leave. And then I made a decision. I can't wear that religious coat. I've got to be who I am. Because there's no anointing and there's no presence of God. And I'm not going to have a church where God's presence isn't. I'd rather have your presence than me having some people that are pleased with me. And so I had to make a decision. And I started it like gently to try and warm people up. Like we have that saying, don't throw frogs into hot water. They'll just jump. So I thought I'll just introduce it gently. Well, I took criticism coming in gently. And I remember a guy walked up to me one day and he said, the church isn't supposed to be a club. And he left. I said, well, oh, if you're going to get all mad with me about that, we're just getting warmed up here. I'm going full throttle. <laughs> Cleared every religious spirit out. And I'm happy. Never been happier. Can I get an amen? Why? Because the Lord is here. The Lord delivered me out of the club, so why not? Why not take what the enemy is using to destroy people's lives and bring the next generation into the purity of what it's supposed to be? Can I get an amen? And so what's exciting is the Lord is going to give you opportunity to minister to people. Number two, you're going into battle with the angels of God going before you, and you're going into win that battle. You're going into a battle where you get the victory. Can I get an amen? You're going to get the spoils on the other side. Then you are going to um, have sight through the eyes of faith to see into the glory, to get strategies, to get wisdom, to get God's plans and purposes so you can bring order in your house and then through your house to those around you. Amen. And the fourth thing that the Lord showed me was an almond tree that was blossoming. If you go to the book of Jeremiah, and I'll read this one. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 10 through 12. Actually, I should read that whole thing because it's so good. Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 10. Hear the word that the Lord speaks to you, O Israel. This is what the Lord says. Do not act like other nations who try to read their future in the stars. Do not be afraid of their predictions, even though other nations are terrified by them. Their ways are futile and foolish. They cut down a tree and a craftsman carves an idol. They decorate it with gold and silver and then fasten it securely with a hammer and nails so it won't fall over. Their gods are like helpless scarecrows in a cucumber field. They cannot speak and they need to be carried because they cannot walk. Think about how stupid it is for people to worship idols. Do not be afraid of such gods, for they can neither harm you or do any good. Lord, there is no one like you, for you are great, and your name is full of power. Who would not fear you, O King of the nations? That title belongs to you and you alone. Among all the wise people of the earth and in all the kingdoms of the world, there is no one like you. People who worship idols are stupid and foolish. That's the Bible, yo. That's not me getting mad. That's the Bible. That's not me saying cuss words. That's what's written in this holy word of God. The things they worship are made of wood. They bring beaten sheets of silver from Tarshish and gold from that place. 
And they, they give these materials to skillful craftsmen who make their idols. Then they dress these gods in royal blue and purple robes made by expert tailors. But the Lord is the only true God. He's living God and an everlasting king. And the whole earth trembles at his anger and the nations cannot stand up to his wrath. The wrath. That's Jeremiah chapter 10. I got to go to one. All right. This is what I wanted to do. Yeah, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 10. Yeah, but that was so good I had to read it. All right, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. And the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of people, for I will be with you and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, listen, if the Lord calls you to do something, whatever isn't functioning, he'll fix it so you can do what he told you to do. God is not looking for talented people. He's looking for faithful people. Oh, I really want to go talk about faithful people. So I'm going to do it. If you want to be promoted and successful, the thing that's going to make you successful is faithfulness. If you have faithfulness, you will be successful. If you are trusting in your talents, gifts, and abilities to get you promoted, it'll fall short because you'll be lazy. And you think you can get away with whatever you want to do. Telling you the truth. We don't, in our business, even God, we don't look for people with skill because if you find somebody faithful, you can give them the skills. But what you need is somebody that will show up. You need somebody who will take the responsibility. You need somebody to say, I will make this part mine. If you're faithful with that which is another man's, God will give you that which is your own. But if you can't be faithful with what's been placed in your hand, if you can't be faithful with the little things, God will not promote you into greater responsibilities. And if you are the one that's getting fired, you have the problem. Moving right along. Look at the person next to you say, the faithful man's test is the most important test that you must pass. Because that is the key to your promotion. Say, the key to my promotion is faithfulness. Promotion doesn't come from the north or south, the east or the west, but promotion comes from the Lord. It comes from the Lord. He's the one that puts people up and he's the one that brings people down. Why? Because if you can't be faithful with what has been given to you, he cannot trust you with anything else. Nor can your employer. If all you do is sweep the floor and you can't, you can't get that straight, then you're not ready to move to the next level. Are you with me? And you're going to hear Pastor Selena when she talks about kingdom business. When she was in a company where she didn't like her boss, she prayed for her boss. Not whine and complain and get the whole posse against the leader. I don't know why I'm getting into this, so I'm going to break it because I'll go on for hours. Don't want to preach Selena's message. <laughs> but she saw a divine turnaround in that office, and she, took her, she was promoted. 
You know why she was promoted? Because she went and asked the boss, hey, what can I take off your shoulders? Teach me how to do what you do. I want to lighten your burden. And in the process, she learned things that nobody else was learning that she wasn't even qualified to learn. See, it's not about the degree you have. It's about the skill you have. You can go to a college and get a piece of paper, but it means nothing because you don't know how to do anything to profit the company. And you want to get paid because you have a piece of paper? No, you get paid by what you produce. And if you can't produce anything, then you don't get paid nothing. I'm sorry. I'm just here right now. Can I get an amen? So you've got to have some good work ethics. You've got to stop complaining. Do your job with all your heart and do it better than anyone else. Can I get an amen? Don't show up at work and read your Bible all day and say, I'm a Christian. And then go do the job that you're getting paid to do. Can I get an amen? And show that you're a Christian by your faithfulness, not stealing from the company. Oh. I've got to get back to my message, Jesus. Ah, I can't. I want to go back to Jeremiah, and I want to go to Jeremiah, Jesus. If you can't handle what I'm saying, don't come to kingdom business. Don't go to Pastor Rodney's kingdom business. Hallelujah. Let's get here. So, because I want to finish so we can go. It says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Look at the person next to you. Say, before you were born, God already had a plan for your life. He already appointed you for a specific purpose. You have to discover what God has appointed you to do. Amen. And then it says here, oh, I already read that. Don't say I'm too young, blah, blah, blah. Verse 9. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow, and others you must build up. Then the Lord said to me, Look, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I replied, I see a branch from an almond tree. This is what I was trying to get to. And the Lord said, That is right, and it means that I am watching and I will certainly carry out my plans. It says here, I appoint you in, the, in another version of the Bible. It says, you've observed correctly, said the Lord, for I am watching over my word to perform it. And so the Lord told me that the things that God has promised you that have already been established in your life, in this season, the almond tree is going to blossom. Everybody say blossom. A blossoming almond tree, when something blossoms, it begins to produce fruit. Some of you have promises from God that have not started bearing fruit, but in this season, God says, you are going to blossom and you are going to begin to see the fruit of what I promised be evident in your life. Not only will it be for you, but it will be for other people to eat. Say, fruit is for other people. People are going to come and they're going to see the fruit in your life and they're going to say, I want some of that. Remember, they're not coming to the tree, a barren tree. They're coming to eat what's in your life. So what are you giving? What are you feeding them when they come to you? Are you feeding them the trash from TikTok that you've seen in the morning? 
What are you feeding people? What is coming out of your heart? What is the fruit in your life? Amen. And people are going to see you happy. People are going to see you blessed. People are going to see you prospering, flourishing, having relationship with God, being an overcomer, coming out of sickness, coming out of all these things. And they're going to come to you and say, how? You were on medication for 12 years. You had a stroke. How did it happen? I'm having a stroke. I'm on medication. I want what you have. Lay hands. Because the thing that God delivered you from, you have the authority to break other people through. Can I get an amen? And that's what a leader in the kingdom looks like. Amen. Somebody that you press into God, God sets you free. And then you say, God did it for me. He's going to do it for you. And you have the boldness and the courage to stand in the victory of what God did in your life. And then you take it and you give it to somebody else. And you're going to see the fruit of it. Amen. It won't only be in you, but it'll now be given to others. Stand with me this morning, afternoon, evening, wherever we are in the day. Say, this is the year of breakthrough. This is the year of victory. This is the year of the, the promises of God being fruitful. This is the year of the promises of God being fruitful. This is the, wis- the year of wisdom. This is the year of strategies. This is the year of the glory. This is the year of going into battle and winning every war. This is the year of setting the captive free and bringing light to the world. Can I get an amen? This is a year of victory in Jesus' name. And God is going to show up in a greater measure than you've ever seen Him before. So lift your hands to heaven and say, say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this brand new year. And I stand before you, God. And I declare that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. He came to this earth. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life in obedience to his Father's will. He went to the cross. He took my sin. He became sin. He died. He took the punishment that I should have had. And not only did he die, but God raised him from the dead. Say, Jesus is alive. He ascended. He's seated at the right hand of God the Father with all authority and all power, with the keys to death and the grave in His hand. And I am seated together with Christ Jesus, with all things under my feet. I am victorious because I am in Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. Give the Lord a big shout. Hallelujah. Woo. Lift your hands one more time. Father, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your glory. And Father, the thing that will separate us from everyone else is your presence. And Father, I ask that your presence will go with us everywhere we go. That before they see us, they will feel you. They will sense you, God. Father, the greatest thing that you can give us is you being with us. And I ask that you would be with your people so tangibly, God, everywhere they go. That your favor would go before them. That you would lead them. That you would guide them. That you would teach them. And that you would show them the things that you've prepared for them, God. I ask that you would use them mightily to do your works 
and to make a difference in other people's lives. Father, bring their homes in order. Bring their lives in order. And Father, use this house to bring change to this community. In Jesus' name I pray. Can we get an amen? Amen. So I'll share one more story as we're leaving. So on Friday, um, I was meeting with somebody, and uh, we were heading down to grab some coffee. And on the way down, I said, hey, have you been to our Port St. Lucie location? Have you been down there? And they said, no, haven't been there. So we decided to walk in. So as we walk into the Port St. Lucie location, we're having Fresh Start. Fresh Start is our chapel for our school. And so you've got elementary school students. We've got our ESE students in there. There's probably about 100 kids. But when we walked into that room, the presence of God was so strong that the person who was with me walked in there and instantly began to cry. He walked into the presence and he just, his lips started shaking and he just went straight into full out tears. And I realized in that moment that the atmosphere that you walk into is so powerful. People feel things as they come in contact with you. And you either carrying the presence or you are barren of the presence. And I realized that this was going to be the year where this house would carry the presence of God everywhere we go. That before people even see us, they will begin to shake and quiver under the presence of God that we carry. Can I get an amen? You see, because if God's presence is with you, there's, there's no, nothing, there's not, the enemy cannot invade that space. And so you walk in and things will just begin to leave. It'll begin to flee because it cannot stand in the presence of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. So lift your hands one more time. Father, this will be the year of, of the wave. It'll be the year of your presence crashing upon us, Lord God. And Father, I thank you that we're going to take more time with you than we've ever done before. That we're going to spend private time with you, God. Because that's where we become full with your presence. I thank you for it, Lord. When people walk into their homes, when people walk into their businesses, when people come near this group of people, they will sense you, God. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. The moment you came down and hit the floor